This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 72 of the Catholic Foodie, Holy Cow. That's right, folks. This is Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodie, and I am accompanied today by my lovely wife. Hello. Char. She's awesome. She's wonderful. She rocks the house. And, you know, we've had a very exciting weekend. Uh, Actually, exciting week, huh? Leading up to this weekend. Our youngest made her first communion yesterday, so that's very exciting. We're going to talk about first communion. We're going to talk about the awesome little party we had afterwards. And we also have a featured segment today on farm life and organic eating. Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt and some other great stuff. So stick around to the Catholic Foodie, where Where food meets faith. Okay, well, honey, it's been a busy week, has it not? I think so. My head's spinning. <laughs> it's still spinning, huh? It's yeah, I'm exhausted. Well, what happened? What what was yesterday like? You know, Grace, our youngest, Grace Noel, uh, Grace Noel Young, she made her first communion. Yes, she did. That was amazing. So now all five of us can go to communion yes. together. Isn't that neat? It is. I feel like we've We've grown up. We've reached some sort of plateau or something. Not a plateau. Well, not a plateau. Springboard. Some sort of <laughs> level, like a notch of some sort. Yeah, like we have some friends who just had a baby, and their their first child just received communion wow. yesterday. And it was kind of like our baby. Anyway, even Jimmy Sager said... That was the last one to receive the, you know, communion. And that was his uh, ninth. Golly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She, he says, unless. You unless, know. yeah. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. <laughs> you never know. But it was a beautiful day. We um, we have a very vibrant parish and we have three weekends of first communions. Right. So we were in the last but not least. And the church was full. We had family come in from Baton Rouge. Um and some, you know, our local family there and, um, big D came over and we had our reserve pew full and Mm -hmm. overflowing and had another one filled up and Grace's godmother and, uh, you know, and their kids were there. And anyway, we had a really wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. She was beautiful. Oh, the dress was Incredible. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, you know, she's beautiful, so. And she read. She was actually selected right. um, to to present something before the Mass, which was a, um, the children had followed in the footsteps of St. Therese um, by doing, making sacrifice beads and using um, the sacrifice beads as uh, a way to, count their good deeds to put in the good deed garden which becomes basically um i guess a garden for what did she say to get to for jesus you know for jesus but i think right. it's like she gave him what is saint Teresa like she gave him to mary to give to, yeah. to plant right. um as a garden for jesus. of flowers for jesus so anyway it was very beautiful she was chosen to speak um you know to present that explain it to the church and to the congregation and she, she did a great, did great. Yeah, you heard the people behind us no over the yes they talking were talking about how wonderful she did and they didn't know that she was ours right you know, they were just they were saying, just wow. wow she was just that's such a good job and she sounded so good and and yeah. then you know that's because she has such a wonderful teacher you know you, oh, you. I thought, oh, that's so sweet. I thought you were going to say something else, and I just couldn't believe you said that. No, I thought you were going to say because she takes after her father. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably true, but, you know, I mean, because she's got you as a teacher. Oh, so sweet. No, yeah. she's, you know. And she's that's super her, smart. her just gift, yeah. you know, but we. Um, and not embarrassed, not not shy, not uh, too afraid when she's up there. Oh, you know? no. Just not very enough. comfortable, just Read, uh, even paced, and without pausing, stopping, getting, you know, stumbled up or anything. You just just read like a champ, mm-hmm. read like a pro. An eight-year-old pro. <laughs> so that was really neat. We had family in. And, of course, we had a 
reception slash party after, and we joined with another family, some friends of ours, and uh, they actually hosted it at their house, and we, man, we ate well, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, before we get into the food, uh, we, we have to say, I have to say, I've got to bring this up, that there was a lot of work and preparation that went into this day and the party. And uh, Char had this idea. She came across the, these cookies, these special cookies that were in the shape of a chalice with the host over the chalice. And she got uh, ordered this special cookie cutter, right? And yeah. the whole plan was to make these cookies and bring them to the party. And tell us, honey, about well, that experience. I, think, I can't even remember <laughs> now. This is like one of the, um, I guess... <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know how it came across my screen, but um, there was a, a website, and I can't remember which ones exactly, but I cannot remember who posted it. Somebody, some person on Facebook um, posted this link, and um, I think it was Catholic Icing was the very first website. Anyway, it was these gorgeous cookies for First Communion, and it was a chalice with a host. So... I went ahead and ordered it, and, um, you know, it wasn't that website that sold it, but they had, anyway, it it was several links away, okay, the the website. I ordered the um, very expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> copper cookie cutter, and um, so then I, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm in it, I'm in, because I've ordered the cookie cutter. Well, I've never made the cookies, um, cookie cutter cookies before. And I have to say, if anybody out there does that regularly, oh my goodness, you're a better person than me. Sainthood. Sainthood, I know. Well, it's just, I guess once you, I mean, now I feel like I could do a little better and I may do these. I swore I'd never do them again, but I may do them for my godchildren and that's, and maybe my grandchildren. But it was just, it it, it was more much more involved and time intensive than I'd expected it to be. Um, just learning how to work with the dough. I mean, I, I had a good recipe um, from when the kids were in preschool. One of the girls there made these cookies, and so I called, you know, I emailed her. after. I said, you remember that recipe from seven years ago? Could you send it to me? And um, But th- just working with the dough and how it behaves was very different. How thick you roll it, how you cut it, how you, anyway, so then, it was a learning curve. And then, then I got to the decorating. Like I did the baking and the dough like days, days, days before. And then, oh my gosh, when I started the, mm. the icing and the, okay, it just got intense. And so I was up till two in the morning, before, at least two in the morning, oh still gosh. decorating. Well, I did one batch of the recipe, the dough, and it was, it was supposed to be for eight dozen. And basically I made, because of the size of the cookie, I made two uh, I mean, 48, four dozen of these cookies. And they ended up absolutely stunning. But, I mean, this was after run, making multiple trips to the stores, mm. borrowing, you know, the proper stuff from a friend when something I'd purchased failed. And anyway, then we're running out the door the morning of, and um, I'm, I had decided we'd have two platters full at the, at the reception. But then I was going to give you know, have Grace give them to her classmates. And I had a dozen of them in bags. And, uh, I, well, I mean, I'd used one icing that actually had to blow dry. <laughs> well, it didn't work. So anyway, it was just a cross, but it's like the focal point of the cookie. And I ended up like with it sticking to the bag. Anyway, so I have a dozen of these things. Threw them in a bag. Didn't pr- do them pr- well enough. And so... I realized I got to the church. I looked in the bag, and eight of the twelve were broken. Com- completely broken. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, that's the thing too. This the, the, the design of the cookie and the the fact that there was a it's the a chalice. Top, yeah. So chalice. Oh, there's one. We got them over there. And the host. Yeah. Oh my Didn't goodness. So it's kind of like a little, you know, e- delicate. They're they're definitely anyway, two, oh my two gosh. spots where it would, it would be very easy for them to break. Mm-hmm. Two spots, and they and, did, and they, and they did, yeah, they did. But I mean, we did. They were thank, thank, thank goodness. There was a lot of talk about them. At oh the park. yeah, they were delicious. First of all, they were absolutely delicious, and they were visually stunning. I think so. And actually, I, I was just my, pr- I was just praying that somebody over the age of twelve would appreciate them. 
you know? Right, right. Because anybody under, you know, you had some kids just grab and I'm going to need them, which is fine. That's what they're there for. But I was like, I was sorry. I was really not humble about them. And I was totally, you know, appreciating any comment and, you know. Positive feedback. Oh, yes. I I needed it. Feedback's always important. I needed it. I needed it. I needed it. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like tell me tell me I did a good job tell me it wasn't a waste of like a day of my not. life it was not it was a lot of work <laughs> and they were very much appreciated and we had lots of comments I've got pictures I'll put pictures up Please over do. at dot com so that you can Please you can see the the wonderful the wonderful job that Char did now in addition to the cookies there was a lot of other work involved but this party you know it wasn't like your uh, typical reception fair I mean this was this was good food, folks. Uh, we had, well, what do we, we had some. We went and picked up stuff from restaurants. And before we get into that, because I want to try to tell you about it, I will say that the uh, the the family, our friends who hosted the party, uh, man, they went all out. They did uh, uh, the husband did chicken, <clears throat> and what he did is he took uh, he took this chicken and did. I never heard of this before. It's a leapfrog, right? Leapfrog chicken. Now I've done spatchcock chicken before, where you you cut it in half and, and lay it out. You flatten it and you cook it on, you know, it cooks more quickly that way. Um, <clears throat> I've talked about that previously in, uh, in some episode, but also I think on uh, on the website at catholicfoodie.com, I actually have a, a blog post about spatchcocking chicken. Well, this is like taking it a step further. It's an Argentinian method of preparing chicken on a grill and you spatchcock it basically, but you take – the back part of it and you flip it over and so you've got this chicken completely flattened out and he took uh, well it was like what adobo and mojo and all these different seasonings and you know, kind of yeah. yeah and 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 he marinated it i believe overnight and he did these mm-hmm. these um oranges mm-hmm. and had them marinating and he took those the slices of orange and and shoved them up under the skin i mean it was just really really well seasoned and then of course he grilled it and this was oh it was delicious Mm -hmm. it was delicious and of course with the with the marinating the meat was still very juicy and tender he did not overcook it which was awesome and it was i really enjoyed it thank you for for feeding me that so i didn't have to get my hands messy i got my hands messy for you honey thank you if 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 it would have been a huge chicken that we would have to walk across. I would have laid my jacket down over it so that you could cross <laughs> over without getting adobo on your shoes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to that, we had we we picked up the the monster salad in our in our b a b our our big. Big old bowl. Uh, big, big something bowl. Yeah, B A yeah. bowl. So we anyway we had a um um. It was a cob salad. It was gorgeous, huge, and delicious. And uh, we'd also picked up some of our antipasti. From our favorite little local, very nice restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say local. And it was a hit. Not, it was delicious. From Del Porto, you may have heard me talking about that before yeah. uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and I think on the show. Here. So that was a hit, big time. Yeah. It was just it, delicious. It went like that. Well, I mean, everyone was just, yeah. It, 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 it wasn't like a bunch of vultures over it. It was just enjoyed. Well, yeah, and yeah. Well, it was enjoyed it was quickly. Nice. It, was it was enjoyed nice. very quickly. Um, we had, um, well, to drink, we had some... But there were several other salads as well. There was a fruit salad and a uh, broccoli salad. And there was, um, I well, I did make this awesome lemonade, oh, if I do yeah. say so myself. That's right. It's an emerald recipe, but I did my own variation. But it was strawberry lemonade. Anyway, mm. you can find Emerald's mm-hmm. recipe online. I used half, excuse me, half the amount of sugar. And I used organic lemons that were. I used four lemons, and they were like baseball wow. size. They're Do perfect. Do we have any lemon left, by the way? No, I used them all. I wish I would have known that. Anyway, you you um, melt the mm. sugar down, which I I did use some sugar. I did not use even half what he said. Um, you don't need it, I don't think. I'm I'm not real into super sweet, and I'm not really into sugar, but I did use it because of it was for other people. 
and you know I would have right. done something differently if it was just rice. I used some honey, by the way. Anyway, I cooked that down, and then you um, add li- uh, lemon peel and lemon juice, and let that. Then you let that cool, and then you add you puree strawberries. Ooh, fresh strawberries! Fresh strawberries pureed. Oh my gosh, Ooh, awesome, nice. delicious! And then you mix it up, and then you add uh, club soda or sparkling mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. Perfect, delicious, yum yum yum. And you can. I didn't put mint in it, but. Um, you can have that as garnish if you wish. But um, anyway, that was delicious. And uh, Christine made an ice cream, a coffee ice cream punch. And uh, that was a hit too. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great. We, we all had, had, we had great, great stuff, good great time. food, good people. Kids had a ball. Chris provided uh, an array of Sam Adams brews. Oh, yeah. And we had wine. And, and your mom brought wine. Yeah. So we had that. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. Very fun. And I'm so tired. I can barely I know. see straight. And, and the, the kids, kids oh my harsh. goodness. This is, you know, uh, the, the, when we have the first communions, uh, they, they always encourage the first communicants, because we do it on Saturday, they encourage them, okay, tomorrow on Sunday when you go to Mass, make sure you wear your, comu- you know, for the girls, communion dress, or for the boys, whatever they wear, their communion suit or whatever. And, uh, you know, so that people in the in the parish can see that you're a first communicant, mm-hmm. you know. So we went early this morning. Just that's the way things worked out today. We had to go to mass if we wanted to go as a family. We had to go at eight a.m. and it was just you know two killer days. Friday and Saturday, killer days. Exhausted, and we get up to go to eight o'clock mass. I could hardly stay awake during mass, and the kids were just out of it. The the girls, the girls were out of it, and when they got home. I mean, you could tell right away that this was not going to be a fun day. Yeah. Because they were not only tired, but cranky. What, is, what is the word? Let's move on. Nobody Can, wants to hear about our Cantankerous. Yeah. Isn't that the word? Cantankerous? <laughs> well, they awful. And then they just, they've been fighting. So, rough day. Anyway, how about the farm? Okay. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, uh, just over a week ago, we went to a farm... And I mentioned this last episode. Uh, we spent the day basically out in uh, in Ameet, Louisiana. It's a uh, kind of out in the country where you would expect a farm to be. Mm-hmm. And you, this is um, the 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 farmer and his family. They're they've become friends of ours because we met him. Uh, well, you tell the story. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is how. It, I mean, I'm, I kind of I'm going to tell a bit of a story. Okay. Well, go ahead. I mean, it's how it all came about we um well we had we suffered our own disaster post katrina yeah um when let's just cut to the chase it it rained in our house we had a contract we bought the house post katrina um long story short it we had a roofer take the roof off go to lunch and we had a massive torrential thunderstorm into our house um which caused us um we moved out, obviously, with um, that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a long story, and we're in a long, long lawsuit. But the point of it is we ended up um, in a bre- bed and breakfast for six weeks. Um, and we ate uh, out for six weeks. We had no kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I, I, I kind of got in a health crisis, I think. Besides the stress, we had just lived through Katrina, and now we are, like, pigging out because, I mean, who can eat out six weeks straight? Three meals a day. I, I can. Well, me. Yeah, and me, I gained, I like, can. 20 pounds. Okay. <laughs> so, at the same time, I think this is kind of when the whole health consciousness emerged in our, you know, for us. A friend of our, a friend of mine had cancer, had um, breast cancer, so she had started eating right. And I really got on a 
on a health kick. Um, so we were we were just talking all the time about food. I really felt bad because I mean, obviously, I was anyway. Besides the stress, just you know, eating all this food all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I guess I I just like got really. Um, I kind of joined my friend in her pursuit of of knowledge about food, good food. And um, it was during that time that we hooked up with Russell Roy. Um, he, well, until, until at Katrina, um, it actually caused him to lose his business. But he had the largest organic farm co-op, CSA, in America. They said it could not be done in Louisiana. But um, anyway, he had... Um, anyway, he had a massive operation, eighty farmed 80 acres, organic, and just d- did it all right. And um, so but w- w- the reason we connected with him is is not really because of the produce. We weren't part of that co-op, but we were um, purchasing beef from him. Well, before you say that, he this was before Katrina. No, no, it wasn't. No, the co-op thing. Oh, yeah, the co-op was, was prior to Katrina. Katrina but Katrina kind of ruined that. Uh, it, so, it did. So, yeah, it, it did ruin that. It and ruined and it. we may say something about that later, but then to continue the yeah, story. Yeah, so basically we after were, Katrina. Donna was the one who started, who kind of connected us with him, and then I was the one organizing, um, you know, like basically we were going in and buying the meat together, so, you know, buying a side and splitting it. Basically grass-fed beef. Yeah, grass-fed beef. Just, that he raised. That he, yeah, he raises, and he still does. You know, I mean, he has some there on his property, at the, on the 80 acres there, but he has, you know, he has cattle elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just does everything right. You know, mm-hmm. he's a farmer who I was so impressed when I went the first time um, because even though he he wasn't, you know, running the full, you know, full-scale operation at that time, he still was doing everything right for his quote-unquote backyard garden right um and so he just you know it's all sustainable and he has all the farm animals that um you know that he uses the litter to fertilize the the soil yes so um but it's all i guess he uh, i mean just from what we've read and they have a, a board um of articles from way back when and I think he had had a health crisis, which led him to the organic, organic yeah. farming. Organic. Um, anyway, I don't know where you want to go because we can go in so many different directions. But that's that's how we got connected with Mr. Russell. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, uh, the, the the point – yeah, there were so many things I think that, that kind of intertwined us that were uh, – you know, we, we were customers. We were buying the beef. And he got to meet our kids at some point, and he was having a – which we'll talk about in a minute. But he was uh, launching a new project, and they were going to have a big media sort of uh, event, and they, they were going to shoot uh, – have photographers out there uh, taking pictures, and that would go into advertisements and articles and things like that. So uh, big PR event. And so he called us up out of the blue and says, hey, you know, would you mind having your kids be part of this promotional thing, this PR right. event? And we- and he says, y'all come out and have, you know, plan on having lunch with us and uh, we'll just have fun. We're going to play and, and have fun and, you know, y'all come do that. So we went and did that and then it just, it just kind of grew from there. We, we've got yeah. to be friends with him. That's what it was. We were at basically picking up some meat that day and he, you know, the kids were with us and he has, uh, anyway, he had his dog with him. Oh, <laughs> the that's kids right. were like yeah, all you know, our, into that. Our kids, yeah. Um, but they have fun. It's a, it, what he he gave up the farming um, to do Red Barn Farm Tour, which is a um, a, a tour. He bring uh, well, he, he, basically this tra- this what is it? A truck? A trailer? No, it's like a big trailer. Yeah, a trailer that used to be the conveyor belt for the organic farm. Oh wow! Where they'd wash the the vegetables on the conveyor belt because there were he had eighty uh, employees at the time. He was at running full gear. But um, anyway, he ended up converting it, and he has farm animals, and he goes to schools. So he works, you know, in the school system um, in several parishes in our state. He and his wife do it together, 
and um, they it's all always little baby animals. But um, so he's raising, you know, he raises animals at the farm, and um, they go on tour, and he knows so much. I mean, he, he has a degree in animal science, and he just um, it's in his blood. You know, he really knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But the kids had our kids had a ball this oh, past yeah. time because he's changed up a lot, and he's. Um, Anyway, we I'm not real versed in all of it, but he, you know, he has all the, the they have all the rabbits, and then the chicks, and they have all kinds of chicks. So that day, the girls got to oh, yeah. gather eggs from the different um, birds, label them, and they they have several incubators set up. So they watched the eggs hatch. They um, they were candling the eggs to see the embryonic development and. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I and mean, we had eggs for lunch, and so when they yeah. would crack them, it would crack in ones at different stages. Right. It, well, not really well, at different stages. Is, well, whether they were <laughs> whether we, they were fertilized or not yeah, fertilized. So we right? were able yeah. to tell if the egg was fertilized, which was very educational yeah, for Mama. We did, even we didn't know that. Yeah. So um, anyway, it was a big day of, uh, and then we planted sweet potato. Oh, that's right. He had some sweet potato vines, and he says, "Hey, y'all want to come?" Help me plant these, and uh, we said sure, thinking that we're going to be out there sweating to death and you know out there for hours planting. But we did it in like what twelve minutes? Yeah, we planted <laughs> four hundred vines. The, the amazing he knows thing what he's is, doing. He knows, he knows what, what he he's is, doing. He's doing. He has the equipment, and he is, um, you know, like I laugh at my garden because um, I realize how little I know. And I mean, I'm excited to see something sprout, you know, just anything to come out of the ground, whether it produces fruit or not. I'm just amazed that I can make something grow from a seed. But um, anyway, we put in, his his soil beds are so well prepared. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so we plant, we could, he said, stick your hand down in the soil and you could just put it in like, I mean, like sand. It's like you're not putting your hand in anything. It's just perfectly prepared bed. And um, seven inches deep or so mm-hmm. to till you hit something hard. Beautiful. And, of course, it's, I mean, it was well-fertilized soil. Oh, yeah. I mean, just perfect, perfect. He knows everything. He knows when to, oh, I mean, I can't get into it all. But he just knows so much. Um, and he has a wealth of knowledge. And, um, anyway, I feel like uh, right now the trend tends to be more in this direction um, where people want to know where their food is coming from. Um, and I like to know, I like, I, I've seen it, you know, mm-hmm. I like to know my food. <laughs> I like to know where my food is coming from too. Sure. Um, so anyway, we'd gotten together just to kind of talk about some things and see what, you know, and I love put it. our heads together and talk about it. So I think we're just going to start heading out there a little more often and, yeah. Helping him out some. Well, it's really cool because he was just, he was saying too, I mean, he's, he's really into bartering. He's like, you know, y'all come out here and help me plant stuff and and whatever. You get some of that produce, you know? So it's really kind of neat. We'll get about 400,000 pounds of sweet potatoes and. We'll be doing sweet potato show. (laughs) Well, the the other interesting thing about the sweet potato, and, and this is just where we've come, you know, what we've gotten to. I mean, there's so many market, you know. Basically, he says we're, he told us how the whole process of the how we're going to plant and um, the the whole whole fields basically is right. what's going to end up. Even though we started with just right. two and a half rows, three rows, or two, two and a half, half rows, yeah, we'll end up filling a whole field of it because right. we're going to cut the vine once it's sprouted and then two weeks. keep planting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but the interesting thing is when they're harvested, they're, we're just going to put them in a where do you say a warehouse or, or something he has right, a space right, right, right. he says and just forget about him for how many days can't remember no, months months like six months like three, okay. I mean, it was like a long time a long time i was i was really surprised well he said and then we'll we'll forget about it and we'll pick them up and it'll be the best sweet potato you've ever had right he says because anything you go get at the market that's been put through a kiln it's been processed right. heat processed heat um, processed because to it, sweeten it right because it's the sugars need to be Right. Instead of instead of nat- letting the fruit naturally sweeten, um, it's going to be right. It's put into a, it's put it's a processed. Pro- put you process, know, yeah. he says anything you go pick up in a supermarket, it's going to have been processed in yeah. that way. So he says, it, you know, obviously it's just going to taste better if oh, it's yeah. the natural way. Fresh. That's right. Fresh. So, I mean, fresh is best. You know, and I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's why is it that natural food, which demands less processing, is actually more expensive right. than processed food? Well, that's. I mean, I understand yeah. the mechanics of it. It's the system. We've we've it's developed system. a system, and so now you can't quote unquote mass produce uh, all no. all this uh, produce or any other kind of food. And I don't you, you really can, you can yeah. mass produce um, processed food, and what that does is it brings down the cost of production, and so it's it's cheap. I mean, that's this is when I say I, I'm I don't understand a lot of it, and I. You know, I've asked um, Mr. Russell and his wife, and a lot of it has to do with the legislation we've passed in this country um, and how that's affected agriculture. The fuel cost is really um, dampered the reason, you know, it's one of the reasons why um, Mr. Russell doesn't want to do that sort of farming oh, yeah. anymore. Fuel is you know? twice as much what it used to be. Yeah. For him, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's insane. So. Anyway, a lot of contributing factors. Don't know the answer, um, but he says people helping people. When I said what's the answer, answer. he said people helping people. People don't help each other anymore. He has told us several times that you, we, meaning in general, all of us in the U.S., have no idea how close we are to not being able to eat. Yes, he said it many times. Because all of our food, the agriculture, I mean, we're not an agrarian society anymore, and our agriculture, a lot of the agricultural industry today is in the production of corn, which is used for fuel, not for food. And so where do we get all of our produce? Mm-hmm. Oh, are you asking me? I guess it's semi-rhetorical. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the produce is just brought in from overseas or yeah. from out of the country. It's anyway. Imported. It's messed up. But I don't want to yeah. go. I don't want us to. But go anyway, we need anyway, to bring the whole point is we need to professional on. Right. To talk we need about to. That. Yeah. We do. We'll have to we get do. Mr. Russell because on. it's it's frightening some of the things he said to us. But anyway, what well, well, I've got a few sound clips here. Okay. And I haven't previewed these, so what I might, may have to do is I'll, I'll play them right now. We'll have to edit it out later. Okay. But here are a few uh, sound clips from uh, our little visit. Thing you've ever seen? Y'all saw the pig. Oh, and when I got her, she's like a little dog. The friend of ours, who's a, a college professor, he raises them. Well, I I told him I said, okay, Dennis, I'll take the baby after you wean them, and that way you don't have to worry about them getting pregnant because a goat would get pregnant at nine to ten weeks old if they're with a billy. Whoa! So in order to keep them from getting hurt, Dennis gives me his babies to grow off. Oh, let me get her out of that. She will just. Oh, no. Let me cover it with this. Let me. Breezy, breezy. Does she does she come like a dog? Usually, but she's so interested in the feed being here. You are too. She's rotten. That was actually a pig, uh, pygmy goat that was the size of a very small dog. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) So cute. Are they going to take it back? Look at that. There's water going in the house. Oh, uh, no, put them waters in four Mm -hmm. in in, in four more. Breezy. I can't get it and laugh because Russell's making homemade wine. He looked out the window and she's on top of the vats the other day. I said, oh, good thing those things hadn't collapsed. You know, she would have been a drunk little goat inside those vats. Yeah. Oh, I told them that we had baby chicken. Little jumper, huh? That's what I was asking. Yeah. Little jumper. Char, yeah. You may have three kids. But you don't have a goat. this, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't need no kids. Yeah. <laughs> when we go to school, when we come back off tour, she cries for two for days. Two or three. <laughs> that is so Crazy. Funny. I don't remember what all these clips are, but I'm just going to pull them up and we'll see. Okay. Yeah, that's a Cornish hen. The ones with the top hats, they're not they're a miniature bird. And they're not gonna get very big. There's no meat to them, but they're a show bird. So are these little guys over here. So do people, do people buy them to eat for eggs? 
Um, no, most of the time those varieties are grown off for kids that are in 4-H projects and as I have 4-H. Mm -hmm. So where do you, where will they go from here? I'm raising these myself because okay. I need some more birds. Okay. I don't have that many mom. Stuck them up under the silky chickens who are known because they sit on an egg very lightly. Oh, but really? the other thing is their feathers look like fur so they keep them warm by sitting lightly. Oh. You know, most feathered birds, their feathers won't keep the egg incubated like a silky will. I see. So, so they saved the, um, they that's how they brought, the yeah, that's how they brought the eagle back was putting uh -uh. the oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, cool. so that was the silky, um, what is it, a hen? I'm so ignorant. Um, it's a bird of some sort. It's a bird. Poultry. Of some sort. Anyway, it saved the, the bald eagle. It's how they brought the bald eagle back. Yeah, I don't know crazy. if y'all could hear that, but um, crazy. isn't that cool? This is really neat. Christopher discovered the incubators in the back of the house, <laughs> and he was sitting back there basically just watching these eggs hatch. Right. You know, it's in a, it was a clear door, so he can look in and see. And he, nobody brought him back there. He just happened to find it, find it, and he was mesmerized. He was just sitting there on the stool in front of the incubator, <laughs> watching these chicks hatch. You know, it's really pretty cool. But here's uh, Mr. Russell Roy trying to explain what's going on. See the little t white tip in that hole? Mm -hmm. That's his little beak. Um, there's also that one back there, the, like, yep. the legs yep. are out, and, mm -hmm. and, like, a whole And he's not all the way out yet? Let's help him out. Normally, we don't want to do this, but let's help him out. Move your chair back. Okay, so you're saying he's got one coming out of the and he's having problems there? No, that's dirt. Um, it was dirt. It was dirt. Isn't that neat? Now, what we're going to do... We open the door so the humidity drops some, so we'll add moisture to it so the humidity don't drop as fast and get back to the proper humidity because you got to have the right moisture to come out the shell. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I'll come back here. It's pretty cool. And then he resumes. He resumes here. Y'all watch this. See the baby chick in that shell? He's candling that egg. That's your baby chick. Yeah. Okay, turn that light on. I'll show you my embryo. This baby chick's going to be out the shell in four more days. This chick will be in New Orleans not this Monday, but next. You've got 1,150 kids waiting for playing there.
hurt him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And, and this is, is Mary in the, the kitchen, kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> This is my third time reacquainting myself with my kitchen table. I should be an old pro by now. The thing is, it's been different with each pregnancy. With the first, I didn't realize that the pangs of nausea threatening to turn into real storms could be quelled and avoided by the equation of sleep plus food. With the second... I thought maybe I could control the outcome. So here I am, with the third of my babies inside me, and the familiar waves of toilet hugging and gagging and coffee avoidance. That last is not by choice, mind you. I still love the idea of coffee. I just can't seem to keep it down until around 10 or 11, and then only if it's made just so, which means I rather ruin it. As I sit in the kitchen, having gotten up much later than I'm used to, eating far earlier than I'd like, usually with small people as company, I have plenty of odd moments to reflect. For one thing, my morning prayer routine is, well, off, to put it kindly. I'm doing good to shout out a good morning heavenward as I cook an egg, pour cereal, pass out yogurt, and juggle drinks. And you know, I really, really miss it. I know this is a season in my life, one I'll miss all too soon, and one I might well long for and never experience again. But I still find myself longing for that quiet peaceful lull at the start of my day when it's just me and God minus the crazy stomach. It's good sometimes to change things up. Maybe I will better savor that quiet time if and when I claim it back in a year or two. My long wooden kitchen table, so often a place for me to unwind and think and gather my thoughts in the wee early morning hours will transform from a visiting spot to a place of retreat for me once again. I'm refraining from glancing at my kitchen windowsill to the bust of Mary I keep there and wondering if she had a violent bucket-hugging session during her first trimester. I'm quelling my desire to commiserate with her because, though misery loves company, I'd like to choose to enjoy this time to see it as a blessing instead of a chore I must endure. At about the point I'm at, I picture Mary on the road to see Elizabeth, a cross-country ride that probably didn't do her tired and possibly nauseous self any favors. I don't think she minded the inconveniences, though, when she thought about how elated her cousin, the one who wanted a child so very, very much, must be. Mary teaches me, in this first trimester, about the joy of giving of myself in the midst of real hardship. My hardship isn't even anything serious, but maybe it's in these small training grounds that I have a chance at really being like Mary when I grow up. Maybe this is the primer in understanding better what offering it up truly means. This week, will you join me in offering some inconvenience in your life for someone who really needs it, some poor soul in purgatory, or a person who could just use the sacrifice? Let's band together and turn our opportunities for complaining into chances to be like Mary. Thank you so much, Sarah. That's uh, a, a wonderful message. We've talked about this before. On the Catholic Foodie, the the power, really, the power of offering up our prayers and our sufferings for others. 
And uh, Sarah, you know, um, having seen my wife go through three pregnancies, <laughs> you know, I feel uh, very much inclined to offer up some of my daily sufferings for you and <laughs> your pregnancy. Uh, you are a fantastic mom, and, uh, you know, our, our prayers, I want to assure you, our prayers are with you. And if you would like to know more or hear more from Sarah Reinhardt, you can always go over to snoringscholar.com. That's a very sleepy reader, snoringscholar.com. That is her blog over there. She also appears on Lisa Hindy's Catholic Moments podcast, uh, which you can find at catholicmoments.com. She has a uh, Merry Moments segment, Sarah does, a Merry Moments segment on that podcast. Fantastic. I love it. And uh, she just does great work. I'm so happy that she is here, part of the Catholic Foodie. The Catholic New Media Celebration is coming to Boston, Saturday, August 7th. Registration is open now with early bird pricing till June 30th. Registration includes a day-long conference at the Pastoral Center in the Archdiocese of Boston, plus a meet-and-greet reception the night before. Join SQPN and friends for an exciting event that will not only educate you about Catholic New Media, but it will inspire you as well. Captain Jeff here, your Catholic pilot. Are you interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting or perhaps hang out with some of your friends in the SQPN community? Well, Boston's a place. Beantown. Why is it called Beantown? Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Hendy from the Catholic Moments Podcast and CatholicMom.com doing a shout-out to all my fellow SQPN.com groupies. Hope to see you this year at the Catholic New Media Celebration. For details, go to celebration.sqpn.com. It's not just a conference. It's a celebration. That's right, and uh, it's a celebration that I am very excited about, and I can't wait August 7th in Boston. That's going to be so much fun. I certainly hope to see you there. And by the way, uh, Sarah Reinhardt will also be one of the main speakers there for, uh, for the blogging uh, track. There's, there's going to be a track there for people who, are, uh, who want to get into blogging or know more, want to know more about blogging, and Sarah will be there to speak. So uh, very excited about that. And uh, I've never been to Boston, now that I think about it. I've never been. My uh, great-grandfather, I believe, came to Louisiana via Boston. So uh, it's, it's kind of like going back. Matter of fact, I think I have relatives who are buried there. That's, uh, I guess I'm kind of going back in, in a certain sense to my roots by going to Boston. We'll see. I hope they've got good food there, though. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, it just occurred to me, now that we're at the, the end of the show, basically, just occurred to me that I did not include a segment this week on uh, grilling. If you remember last uh, last week, I started a new series of cooking tips, and I wanted to, to, to have several of these uh, segments of, uh, of the series dealing with grilling since we are now in the grilling season, the summer. Um, but you know what? I, I just didn't think about that. And I, I guess... What I could do is, is put something on CatholicFoodie.com that would show you what I was talking about with that chicken that my friend Chris cooked yesterday, the uh, leapfrog chicken. Maybe that's what I'll do. That'll be the tip. I'm, I'm giving you a, a heads up here, and you can go over to CatholicFoodie.com to, uh, to check that out. I want to get some good pictures of that too. Uh, and, and speaking of heads up, I had the pleasure Thursday of interviewing the crew behind the, uh, the awesome Divine Office iPhone app. And it's not just an iPhone app. It's really a ministry. They have a website, divineoffice.org, and they also have a podcast. And it's really the Liturgy of the Hours that's made available in audio format, both you know, on the website as a podcast that you can listen to on your iPod or whatever, and also as an iPhone app. And I just, I love this. I, I fell in love with this application, and I was so excited about it. I contacted uh, the, the good folks that put this together, and we got into a conversation via email a few months back, 
And I was like, you know, I'd love to have you on the show. We, I want to talk about this. It's just something close to my heart. And once again, you know, the liturgy of the hours, the Psalms, and just scripture and how we need to feed on the Word of God. And for me personally, this is one of the ways to do that. And I finally, you know, all the planets lined up just right <laughs> Thursday, and we were able to get everybody together. It was four of them, one of me, uh, via Skype. We had a wonderful conversation uh, for quite a while. I really, really, uh, it was so enjoyable. It was so much fun. And I felt, yeah, I felt like, man, the only bummer about this is I wish that we could have all been together, like in one spot, because it, it was just that good. You know, the conversation was that good. So uh, what I'm doing is going through the process of kind of editing that audio, and I'm going to have that for you next episode, which will be episode 73 of The Catholic Foodie. It, it, uh, it'll come out by next Sunday, so a week from today. And uh, just, just, this is just a heads up, you know, keep your eyes out for that or your ears out for that. And uh, know that I think that that is a very important episode because that conversation was so good and the content of the conversation was so good. I know you're going to love it. So um, just, just keep, uh, keep an eye out for that. And I think that's all we have. I just want to remind you that you can leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie by calling 985-635-4974. And please do. I want to know what's going on in your kitchen. I want to know what you've got planned for this summer. you have any special uh, uh, recipes, any special cooking experiences that you uh, have planned? I mean, what about uh, grilling? What are you all going to be doing this summer? Are you going to grill anything special? I'd love to hear all that kind of stuff. Do you have a question about grilling or uh, any other of the, these, these cooking tips that I want to share with you? Do you have questions? Do you have suggestions for cooking tips? I'd love to hear them. You can give us a call. Once again, it's 985-635-4974. You can also email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. And once again, all the show notes and more content, more blog posts can be found over at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget to check it out. I'm Julia Child. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. And until next time, bon appétit.